En el último sueño de Frida y Diego, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera are at the center of an otherworldly romance set in Mexico during Dia de los Muertos. In this pre-performance talk, Dr. Tiffany Quo guides you through Gabriela Elena Frank's stunning new opera, the plot, the history, and of course the music. Tickets to El Último Sueño de Frida y Diego are available now at laopera.org. El Último Sueño de Frida y Diego is an opera about a fictitious encounter between the deceased Frida Kahlo and a dying Diego Rivera in the month and year that Rivera passed, which was November 1957. The opera is not a biography of either or both artists. Instead, El Último Sueño de Frida y Diego brings to life through music an imagined 24-hour reunion of the two iconic Mexican artists in their homeland, beginning the night of El Día de los Muertos, November 1st, and concluding the evening after. The concept was proposed to composer Gabriela Lena Frank by the late conductor Joel Revson in 2006. Then, Ms. Frank's agent at Shermer Music Publishing suggested the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Nilo Cruz as the librettist. The world premiere was in San Diego in the fall of 2022. It then traveled to San Francisco Opera this past June, and it opens in Los Angeles this month. The opera is sung in Spanish. There are four main characters, several minor roles, and a full SATB chorus. Two of the main roles are, of course, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. Frida is sung by a mezzo-soprano, a mid-range female voice. We see Frida both in the underworld and in the human world. Diego is sung by a baritone, a mid-range male voice. We see Diego almost entirely in the human world. Another main character is Katrina, short for La Caravera Katrina, which means the elegant skull. She's the keeper of the dead. Performed by a soprano, a high-register female voice, she serves as the mistress of ceremony because only she can summon the god of Mitlan to order the dead to visit the human world on the Day of the Dead, or for the living to enter the afterlife. The fourth main character is Leonardo, sung by a countertenor, a very high male voice. Leonardo is a cross-dress role, and he is always seen dressed as the actress Greta Garbo, because he wishes to visit a special someone in the human world on the Day of the Dead who longs to see Greta Garbo. Additionally, there are three minor roles for men and three for women. In the opening scene of the first act, you will meet three male villagers who are also visiting the cemetery on the Day of the Dead. In the second act, you will meet three Frida images, or three self-portraits, performed by three women singers. And now the plot summary. There are two acts. Act 1. On the Day of the Dead, Diego is grieving the loss of Frida at her altar, an ofrenda at the cemetery. The people, performed by the choir, calls for the dead to awaken. Three villager men see Diego, approach him, and inquire about Frida. After they leave, Diego appeals to the god of Mitlan, who is the god of the dead, to summon Frida back. Katrina! The keeper of the dead, who hears Diego's plea, orders Mitlan to have mercy on Diego. Frida appears, demanding to know why she has been summoned. 
She is in disbelief when Katrina tells her that Diego misses her and is not well. Frida is torn between returning to her love of art and recalling the pain suffered. Katrina suggests that it may be time for Frida to bring him to the underworld. The choir teases her singing, Sinti, without you. Diego completes the line, without you, your little frog is a brush without color. Come see me, Frida. As the departed soul prepares the journey back on the Day of the Dead, Katrina inspects to make sure each has been formally summoned. We meet Leonardo, who is dressed as the actress Greta Garbo. Leonardo and Frida bond over their love of the film Queen Christina, in which Greta Garbo plays the title role. They recall the scene from the movie when the queen escapes one night to see her lover only to never see him again. Leonardo's genuine desire to re-enter the earthly world motivates Frida to journey back with him. Once Frida decides to return to the living world, Katrina stipulates conditions. First, visitors only have 24 hours. Second, they are not allowed to embrace humans. And third, Frida is not allowed to paint. Act one concludes with Frida declaring she will return to her art, pronouncing, I return to you, my gaze, to art. Act two opens with a frustrated Diego who is unable to paint without Frida. He's haunted by voices sung by an unseen chorus with words, women, romance, history, revolution, what to paint. He calls out, Frida, come to me. She appears, though she denies his embrace. As Frida recalls the colors of her paint, we see her mural come to life. The famous one by Diego titled, Dream of a Sunday Afternoon in Alameda Park. And Frida dances with joy of her new existence without physical limitations. A disguised Katrina tempts Frida with sweets, but she refuses. Then Katrina's plea for the poor reconnects Frida and Diego. The couple bonds over their passion for Mexican people, history, and cultures. Leonardo appears telling Frida that he accomplished his mission. But Frida is conflicted. Diego and Frida return to La Casa Azul, the famous blue house where Frida was born, married, and died. There, Frida is unable to refrain from picking up her paintbrushes, and she relinquishes to Diego's embrace. Pain follows immediately. Frida's self-portraits, illustrating her agony, appear, signifying the immense suffering of her humanly life. The bell tolls, signaling the end of the Day of the Dead, and the departed souls line up to return to the underworld. But Frida is late. Frida and Diego remain together, and Diego sings, Let yourself, Frida, be my last dream. He then pleads once again to the god of Bitlan, but this time to take him to the afterlife. Diego succumbs to death. And the opera concludes with Frida and Diego entering the underworld together. Character Analysis 
Even though the opera is not a biopic, knowing a few facts about Frida's and Diego's lives, as well as their life together, will illuminate the performance. To begin, music associated with Frida are dissonant, echoing the physical traumas and pains throughout her life. Frida contracted polio at age six, leaving her with a compromised right foot. At age 18, a trolley smashed into the bus she was riding, and her body was broken in multiple places, including the lumbar region of her spinal column, her collarbone, ribs, fractures in her right leg, a dislocated and crushed right foot, out-of-joint left shoulder, and a broken pelvis that was stabbed through by a steel handrail from the lower left abdomen through the vagina. The aftermath was equally, if not more, devastating as she would have recurring surgeries on her spine and leg. Additionally, she had multiple miscarriages. And in the year before she passed, her right leg was amputated below the knee. In the last written entry in her diary, Frida thanked the doctors and nurses who helped her in her final medical visit, then bid farewell to her life of pain. She wrote, I hope the leaving is joyful, and I hope never to return. She signs in all caps, Frida. The dissonant sounds accompanying Frida's presence on stage consist of semitones, which resemble shattering glass, and tritones, also known as the devil's chord, often played by high-registered instruments. The piercing chords evoke many of her self-portraits. A particularly palpable one is the broken column in which 57 iron nails puncture her half-naked body, her face in tears, and her upper body held upright by a broken Greek-style column where the vertebrae would have been and secured by a corset. Many of her harrowing self-portraits capture excruciating pain from the physical traumas to the mental and psychological ones. In the opera, Frida's climatic moments hang on the word agony. In contrast, Diego's soundscape is consonant, filled with soothing lines moving in parallel motion. It is hard to not associate the rotund sounds with the shape of his body and his charming demeanor. Don Diego. Known for his multiple panel murals packed with historic and current political figures, as well as representations of ancient cultures and innovative technologies, Diego's presence in this opera shows a humbler period of his life. After Frida's death, 
Diego was less fruitful. So in this opera, in the year he dies, we see him in a weaker state, having battled cancer for two years. Together, the couple's presence offers yet another layer of soundscape. Composer Frank evokes the festive Latin dance rhythms and textures with trumpets and castanets when Frida literally comes to life in the human world in front of Diego's mural titled Dream of a Sunday Afternoon at Alameda Central Park. The last character I would like to spotlight is Katrina. The character is taken from the mural just mentioned. In the 49-feet-wide mural, La Caravera Katrina, the elegant skull, occupies the center as a reminder of the decadent bourgeois life under the seven-term president of Mexico, Porfirio Diaz. In the opera, Katrina emanates similar energy. First, she's the mistress of ceremony as she wields power over the dead as their keeper. Furthermore, she dominates the stage visually and musically. Dressed in the iconic skeleton outfit with extravagant flair, Katrina's vocal lines are equally arresting. To convey her strength, she sings in a coloratura style, which is many high notes per syllable. Just think of the Queen of the Night in Mozart's Magic Flute. Additionally, she is often accompanied by a rich texture of tutti orchestra and a full SATB chorus in homorhythmic responses. Altogether, El Ultimo Sueño de Frida y Diego can be seen and heard as an allegory of the couple's inevitable bond, replete with an array of emotional states colored by Miss Frank's exceptional musical soundscape. Tickets to El Ultimo Sueño de Frida y Diego are available now at laopera.org 